Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of the Hoopstradamus podcast. Triangle offense today. We got Hamia Rain at the point forward and coming in off the bench, the man in the middle. Uh, former, I, I guess we all played a little bit of intramural college ball together. Uh, college athletes, pretty much. Andrew Garcia out of Indiana. Oh, it's good to see you guys. It's, it's always good to see you guys again. I can't see you. It just says iPhone. I don't know why. I don't have. Or, oh, that that would help if I did that. There we go. Oh. IPhone, number twenty six, eight forty seven. There we go. You're, you're as good looking as ever. Very hard. There you go. Got the Cubs hat going now. <laughs> Had to. Bad hair day. When you've been they sitting outside every three games. When you've been sitting outside with a a winter hat on, it can uh, it can mess your hair up pretty bad. So it's uh. Better than just combing it. I suppose. Well, I guess first things first, fellas. We're all Bulls fans here. Uh, we talked about this. Me and Gabriel talked about this the other day. But oh, you guys are talking about the, the big deal, right? Tice? Tice. Tice is nice. That's what the kids are saying. Uh, that was huge. <laughs> I loved it. Everything about it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. And I was got Troy Brown, too. That was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Javante. Javante Green. Javante Green too, yeah, that's right. Huge pickup. Came with his first round picks for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what that came out of, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. I think it'll work out though. <laughs> well, yeah, let's go around the horn here. Uh, Andrew, what what are your thoughts? Nikola Vucevic, Chicago Bull. Oh, just absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I was I was interesting to see that. I thought, you know, I didn't I didn't think the Magic were just going to mail it in like that and just have a fire sale, but. It was nice that the Bulls made that move. I haven't seen them make it. I don't think I can't remember the last time they made a trade. I mean, maybe the thing that sticks out most in my mind, which will show how kind of hold, older we are, is I remember, of course, the famous, I think it was Tyrus Thomas for Drew Gooden and Larry Hughes, if I remember correctly. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That That's that's one of the few trades they've ever made, really, that sticks out in my mind. So that, that, that's all that really kind of comes to mind. And it's, it's just a, it's a breath of fresh air to go out and get you know, it, it's a winning move. It's not a move that makes them a contender, but it's a move in the right direction, certainly by pairing him with someone like Zach Levine. And so, you know, you have your you have your big man that you've wanted for a while now because, you know, I think the thought was Wendell would be that guy, but he was hurt sometimes and <laughs> just never, never really got the idea that that was going to work out. So, I mean, you know, you wish him the best, but I mean, this is an all you, know, you bring another all star in who, who wouldn't want that. Yeah. Vucevic is having like his best, is one of his best seasons. That's because the Magic have been injured like all season. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just been him, just scoring, and he's a scoring machine down low, yep. and he gets outside too. He's great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you, I, I probably would say it's his best season, you know, and he, he's probably scored the most this season, and like you know, he maybe he's had better years, more balanced seasons, but he's been pretty much like. I mean, at least when I was watching him on the Magic, it seemed like there were like I'd be tuning in mostly in the first quarter, mostly those Magic games, six o'clock, right? Just at six p.m. Central, and just like mostly the first quarter, and he, it seemed like he would never miss. He's having a career high in points per game, twenty-four point five points per game for year, uh, almost a career high. His career high was his second year in the NBA. He was getting twelve rebounds a game, and that was 2012-2013. I mean. This is a guy I was talking about when we were all still in school. You know, someone I said was one of the more underrated players in the NBA. 
and now the Bulls got him right in his prime. And uh, he's always been a pretty good shooter, but you know this year he's shooting right around forty-one percent from three. The spacing you could see uh, was much better, and you could just see like how high his IQ was. You know, he's a guy who definitely can go score on his own, but he's a very unselfish player and uh makes really quick reads those were some of the initial impressions i had in what was a pretty ugly game against the spurs but i feel like you can't take that too seriously because it does take some time to kind of feel it out and the spurs are a team that plays so well together it would be hard for a team uh with so many new pieces to come in and really compete against a playoff team like san antonio but not a bad debut for vucevic 21 points, uh, nine rebounds, three assists. And, uh, you know, I'll take that nine of 16 from the field, but I do think it'll take a little bit of time for people to get used to playing with him. And I think the bulls are going to need to, from a scoring standpoint, I think the big three is going to have to be at least this season, you know, uh, Markinen, Vucevic, and Levine. It's it might take a while for them to kind of fall into order. Uh, I think the scoring pecking order should be Levine, Vucevic, Markinen. Yeah, I was going to say I would have been very surprised yesterday if they had actually won that one. I mean, it, it was nice to see them come back and make it competitive after they were down. I think it was like what at least thirty points or so, somewhere in that they range. They were getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah to cut it to single digits. I mean, it's, it's it, like I said, it would have been a real surprise if they'd come out and just found a way to handle San Antonio with basically a new team, you know, a handful of guys that would have been in those spots are now gone. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you've got to replace them with other guys and it, it, it will take time. But I mean, I think if the, the, the best indication that this could work out is that the, I think he scored on the very first possession for the bulls. So, I mean, he wasted no time in, in getting it going and showing his ability. So I think in that regard, um, you know, it, it, it could work. It could work out pretty nicely. Yeah. I want to touch on something uh, you said earlier about, you know, them not being a contender, but definitely a win now move. I completely agree with that, but I do think it puts them in a place where they can become a contender. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're going to be able to open, open up some money. I think marketing, this is probably his last year and it's, going to be interesting to see where they throw that money Kawhi Leonard is going to be a free agent I don't know if you know he would even be interested in joining the Bulls or maybe he's perfectly fine in uh, Los Angeles with the Clippers right now but he's he's the only big guy that they're that is going to be coming out this next summer but maybe that summer of 2022 things start to get a little more interesting, but they still have plenty of money to play with going into the the summer. And the important thing with that too, you also have to remember then is, you know, it helps them make a push for the playoff. And I think the playoffs, and I think it's kind of important that they do that this year to attract some people because I know Vucevic is like what, 30 years old. So, I mean, yeah, at five years, he's in about five years, that can go by pretty fast. Then he's 35, 36. And the next thing you know, you know, if you don't get anything out of him between the next five, six years, was it worth it? Um, you know, that 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 maybe is kind of a question I think that you have to ask yourself, though. Yeah, 
they got 23 million in practical space projecting into the 2020 or 2021-22 summer and so they would have to clear a little bit more room to do that uh, if they were to go after like a super big name guy but it's a luxury to have when you have uh Vucevic and Market or Vucevic and Levine on pretty friendly salaries right now mm-hmm. Vucevic uh on 24 million and then Zach Levine on 19 and a half and so between those two that's 25 percent of the cap space and it, it depends what you do with guys like Sadoransky, Al Farouk Aminu, and uh, Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young, I'd like to see around long term, but Sadoransky and Al Farouk Aminu, they combined for just over 20 million. And so I, I agree, it's not a move to make them contend now, but I like what AK was saying in the press conference about this makes the Bulls a more appealing free agent destination by having two all stars already there. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great off. I mean, I don't know about off season, but yeah, I'm not really expecting much to happen this off season. I mean, I think Kawhi's gonna remain with the Clippers. So, yeah, I, I'm. I mean, this this is definitely like in the right direction. And finally, like we're, I mean, the Bulls are finally. I mean, they're just not messing around now. Now they're just kind of like that's kind of the message because this team pretty much changed overnight. So, you know, yeah, it, it wouldn't have. It was actually pretty impressive that they actually came back from all that because they were getting destroyed. Uh, it was, I think it was like a 25, it could have been a 30 point game though. Uh, but it was like something outrageous like that. And, uh, one of those games where it was like 83 to 48 or whatever. Uh, and yeah, I, I can't wait for, to see what, what goes on because like I said before, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket in this guy, these two guys, right. Uh, Mark Eversley and Arturis Kronishkovic. So it's, it's really exciting to be a Bulls fan. Now. It's very exciting. So it's very refreshing too. That they had to kind of just change their team for the better on trade deadline day. Yeah. Like like you said, it's just the most aggressive I've I can remember them being, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean I, I wasn't kidding when I said that the one trade that really ever stands out to me was of course the one that brought uh Larry Hughes and Drew Gooden to Chicago. And that's uh even even in the prime D Rose years, I don't think that they really did anything in like 09, 10, 11 in there when they were trying to contend for a championship, I think that they had pretty much had who they had at the start of the season and made up their minds that that was what they were going to stick with for the remainder of the year. So that it's just, it's like Hami said, it's very refreshing. And, you know, the big question, obviously, I think, as you said, is, is Laurie Markinen. And I know they, it sounded like they were trying to find a way to move him uh, for Alonzo ball, which, would have been an interesting move, but it also would have, I think it certainly would have helped matters in a lot of ways because if my memory serves me correct, I think Lonzo's at least a pretty solid defender and, you yeah. know, for it sometimes often struggles to close out games and struggles defensively, just in general, that would have been at least, you know, that would have been big help. Yeah. And I wonder if that kind of trade could be something that happens over the summer. Lonzo really is kind of underrated at this point. You know, people rip on him as not being a good shooter, and that's just not true. It's 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 really not. Uh, at this point in his career, he's a fine shooter. He's shooting 38.5% from three this year. And so looking at his rookie numbers when he's shooting 38.5 is honestly kind of laughable. 
but you know, don't just buy into what Twitter says. Don't listen to the idiots who are going to tell you Danny Green's not a good jump shooter, you know, because they saw him miss some big shots in the finals. Like, look at the numbers against the Lakers. Say that again. He went off the other night against the Lakers. Oh, I'm sure he probably. Oh, that's fantastic. It's beautiful because, like, Laker fans thought that he was kind of like the weakest link, but it really, like, he's he's very valuable when it's like even without him, like shooting, right? Like the Lakers. Know, like, Shooters have gravity, right? So yeah. he's always been always been shooter. Yeah, he's always been pretty good. Like, I know in the last couple finals, he's been kind of he hasn't been the biggest great right with the Raptors and mm. the Lakers. But yeah, that was pretty absurd with the Lakers. They were up three games to one, and it's yeah. like they 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 lose they miss a shot. It's like you know that's you just it's just an amazing all time performance by Jimmy Butler. Like yeah. who cares? Yeah. You know, like yeah. you guys yeah. forget all Literally. about it, but I guess they haven't. You know, that was gonna happen. Just like. I mean, but the thing that obviously is standing like he's been, he's been a good shooter going back to like, I think he's I mean, you could say that he's a big reason why that series in 2013 with the Heat went to seven games. He's, oh, yeah, he's around 40 percent of his career. You know, I saw somebody you know tweet out an image. It was, uh, like Danny Green has been laying bricks for this long, and it was like a picture of him from NBA Live, whatever, and then a picture of him in the New Generation 2K. And that I person just, on Twitter. I, I I quoted the tweet and it's like, don't believe everything you said or you read on the internet, kids. Like he's a forty percent career three point shooter. And then the guy sent me a Superman gif with a joke going over my head. It's like, no, dude, you're not making a joke. You just are are putting a bad take, and now you're trying to trying to back right, out. He's disguising that as a joke. Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's 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 really joking, but he's also like you know. Like he, he's probably a Lakers fan, you know. Yeah. So I DM'd him him and I said, "Go fuck yourself, buddy." I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. That wouldn't be very. Probably no. He did that to you. (laughs) Yeah, I I bet he wanted to after I pointed out that his stats weren't right. But anyway, back to Lonzo. Going back to Lonzo, though, I I think most people do. I think people now, I guess, did they see that Lonzo because he's been really good in the last like two months, right? Yeah. He's been like here, like. And in his shot form, also he changed his form like last season, before last season. So yeah, yeah he's he's been a lot better shooting too. So yeah, I mean, I think that could be the move from the offseason. The Bulls maybe they'll give all the money to him, so maybe the Pelicans won't match. I mean, he shot forty six percent from three in February. Like probably they were probably like, are we sure we want to trade this guy? You know, yeah, like, exactly. Like because because that was the big thing when I remember I, I went to that Bulls preseason game against the Pelicans and. Like his connection with Zion is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's like exactly. it, it could be it could be special. Yeah, I completely agree. And they almost stole that game against Portland, the one twenty five one twenty four loss to the Blazers on the sixteenth. Came of down March. to the last Zion missing the shot. It came down to that shot. Like it was a one point game. Yeah, and, you know, like it was a bail. You know, Damian Lillard got fouled. Right, he shot three free throws. You know, you hate when games end like that, but. Yeah, it was right there, but it was a beautiful pass from Lonzo. And, yeah, perfect transition because Zion Williamson has been showing how special he can be. The last two games, 39 points against the Nuggets, 10 rebounds and five assists, and then 38 points, five rebounds, six assists against Dallas. And it seems like they're kind of letting him play this point forward role now. And he's just creating a lot of problems. Mm. And what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, how do you stop that? 
when <laughs> you have your playmaker that being the heaviest guy on the floor. And he's obviously, you know, you could say that about Nikola Jokic a lot of times, but Zion Williamson is so much better downhill than Jokic and such a better athlete. And it's very fun to see what the Pelicans are starting to discover. They have uh, as far as a playmaking weapon in Zion Williamson. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at look at just the fact. I mean, as I'm pulling up his stats here, I mean, the really one of the things that stand out to me is just the massive jumps in the percentages, the shooting percentages, the field goal percentages, up at 62 from from 58 a year ago. The three point percentage is down, but he's obviously gonna not. He's probably not gonna shoot a whole lot of three point shots his whole right. for the rest of his career. The two point percentage goes up from 59 to 63, and he's averaging 26 right now. So I mean, that's that, that's just vast improvements. Yeah. I mean, how old this guy's 20 years old. Yeah. He's averaging 26 and seven with a 28 PER. If I'm not mistaken, Michael Jordan's PER on his career was 28. That's insane. Yeah. I know. I know his Zion's advanced stats are like ridiculously like amazing. Like, like he could be like up there in terms of like Barkley when it's all said and done in terms of like amazing advanced stats. But Barkley, the funny thing about Barkley is that he hates advanced stats, and he's like, they make him like God. Barkley, you know, that's that's my comp for Zion. You know, Barkley and a little bit of Larry Johnson, too. Ooh, I see a little Larry Johnson. Because they both, both those guys, I mean, like, Larry Johnson can jump out of the gym, you know? And Charles Barkley, he was like, you know, kind of like that mean kind of personality. But, yeah, like, Larry Johnson, for sure. Like, some of his dunks look pretty similar. Yeah, some of the because Barkley is a pretty good passer, pretty good playmaker, and really wide, but not super tall for a power forward. And so I see that, but I definitely like the Larry Johnson comp. I see a little Carl Malone too, with just the freakish strength. Carl Malone, he's that guy, that dude. Oh, let's not go there. If you know, you know. <laughs> Carl Malone's done some weird stuff. I just love when people say that when people try to hype someone. He's that dude. <laughs> I'm alone. Great player. <laughs> That's it. I'll leave it. <laughs> yeah, we will leave it at that. Uh, I mean, who, who, like, where, how far down do you think he'll be in the all-time scoring list? Because oh, he's number I mean, two right now, and like he, LeBron I, will probably reach up there, and you know, I, who knows with some of these other guys. How many more does LeBron need to reach him? Because that one it could be interesting. I when I, when I, gonna need, I know he's going to need like five years or something like that. Four seasons, five seasons to get to Kareem's record, and that's really hard. But I can yeah, see I gonna, him going for that because he must. He's probably obsessed with the idea of getting forty thousand points, ten k rebounds, ten k assists, like all that shit. He seems like he's like obsessed with that shit. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't he be? I mean, I mean, that's a, I mean, when it, when it's all said and done, I mean, I know people love to have the Michael versus LeBron discussion, but I mean, this isn't, you know, people still, I, I still love going on Twitter and seeing the 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 people ripping on LeBron. I mean, at this point, if you hate him, it's either because you can't get over whatever happened in Miami, or he still kicks your teams, your favorite team's ass. And when it's all said and done, I think you know it will be one of those two, and and a big reason why will be. You know, the fact that he could probably become the, the all-time leading scorer in the history of the game. And that, that that's not just, you know, something that's done easily. That's, that, he probably that's, will. 
yeah, that's something that is along the lines of Stockton's. Was it his assist record or something that yeah. he holds? That, yeah, that people are like that. Will I think he's also, had, he's also like way up in steals or something like that too. LeBron's yeah. just about sixteen hundred behind Carl Malone, and about three thousand behind Kareem. So he'll get there. So a couple seasons to probably get to Malone. If and he's and if he's what thirty six now, I mean, if, if he plays until if, if he's, I mean, and he's, I mean, he shows no signs of slowing down because he obviously, yeah. you know, is probably playing for four years. Well, he just like, got you know first care of his body. Yeah, I mean, he's got a high ankle sprain and it's crazy. Like he yeah. never misses games. You know. Yeah, true. Yeah. I guess the but, last you know, few years. He it was like a contact play. Maybe he is starting to slow down just as far as like durability goes because he did miss a, a good amount of time that first year with the Lakers too. Um, so maybe that, age is starting to show on LeBron. What, what I mean, I said that uh, that groin injury was pretty nasty though. I mean, yeah. he was he was fine. He was going to carry them there as probably a seven or an eight seed because they weren't good enough just yet. But that groin injury happened and he tried to play through it and that just probably might have, might have in some ways maybe made things worse than what they needed to be because, you know, there's just some injuries that you can probably play through, but others, like, if you play through them, you really potentially risk making them worse. And I think that's what happened, if I don't, if I remember correctly, with the with the groin injury. Yeah. And they're I mean, in a like very you, vulnerable. You get a couple injuries every couple of seasons, you know, like, a, you know, every two or three years. But I don't know. I could definitely see him going up until, like, he's 42 years old. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. And I think he and I think he probably does league. What's that again? I said he'll probably he will probably try at least until his son makes it to the league. If I had to guess, he probably wants to at least either play with or against his son just in one game, just to, at that point in a few years, just to say that he was able to do so. I'm sure that's probably on his list of things to do as well. Yeah. You guys remember when David Stern retired like in the middle of the season, like in February 2014 or whatever? Like, what if someone, what if a player just did that? What if they just retired in the middle of, like, you know, after a game in April, before the playoffs, you know? Somebody or, wants to do that like with in January. In the middle of a halftime game? Yeah, like that 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 yeah. NFL player, right? And people are like, oh, yeah. he's so great. He's so brave. I feel like finish the game. I yeah, know, right? Finish the game. The game. But, yeah, imagine, like, oh, Andrew Luck, right? Was it Andrew Luck? Yeah. Is that the guy who retired? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Luck. He retired in like the middle of the preseason game against the Bears. And yeah. he probably, probably looked over at the Bears even and was like, wow, yeah, I, I'm I can't play through, you know, against a decent defense. So, you know, they're very scary to me. So he retired. I don't think I don't think he started that game if I remember correctly. Cause I was Yeah, that yeah, because it was preseason. It was like the second game or something. Yeah, and he was just like, All right, whatever, I'm sitting out, but there was reports of it and then it happened. And like everybody was freaking out and stuff. And, and at the time, I remember I took a call because somebody called into the station and they're like, so what are the Colts can do? I was like, I don't know. My team has a quarterback. And then the Bears proceeded to go eight and eight and miss the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. Oh, great. boy. I love it. So I, look, I, 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 I looked pretty... snap last season. That was great. <sighs> <I can't laughs> and I will never watch talk. another snap until, you know, that franchise gets a shit together. Maybe when the owner dies, maybe, maybe when that. Maybe when that, that happens, because it'll still be the it'll still be Michael or, or George McCaskey or whoever's in charge, and it'll be the same old show that it usually is. The Michaels, the the Michaels in town. Michael Reinsdorf, Michael Michael McCaskey. Is that uh, his name? Yeah, George McCaskey. I know there's a Michael McCaskey. I don't know what his what his role is though. Is that a son? I don't know. 
I can't talk bears. It'll make me sad. It's too. We don't, no, let's keep talking bears. I love it. Absolutely not. I won't do it. It's it's it's. No, it's it, good. Good. I hate it. <laughs> do this. I I can't do it. Won't do it. Uh, Pelicans though, they did beat the Mavericks last night. They're a team that's kind of like right in there still, like twenty and twenty five right now. They're. Three and a half games behind the Mavericks, who they beat last night, who are 23 and 21. Do the Pelicans have a chance to make the playoffs with Point Zion, or do you think they're just going to be a cute team this year and maybe uh, next year is the year they get to get into more of a play in or playoff situation? Well, the people that. Kind of a, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that extra spot allows for that to happen. And I mean, like, I, I don't. I haven't looked at the Western Conference standings. I've really only followed the Eastern. Conference. One and a half behind the Golden State Warriors, who are twenty-two and twenty-four. Obviously, they're missing Steph Curry right now, and the Kings are twenty-one and twenty-five. And the Kings and have that's won four for, in a row. Right? Is that for tenth place? Yeah, or, or the okay. Kings are in eleventh, right behind the Warriors. The three-team push there. That could be fun down the stretches for those three teams to see who gets the last and. And like you said, there's no Steph Curry right now in the Warriors, so you wonder if when he comes back, does that push them ahead a little bit, and then does it just kind of become a two-way race between the Kings and the and the Pelicans for the last spot, or does whoever's in like eight or nine fall there, and do they come into that mix for that too? Yeah, I feel like the Mavs will stay at that eight spot, but you, you really don't know with the, with the Grizzlies. I have not seen anything about I, – I, heard Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to come back at some point. I have no idea when, but they could use him. The Kings, I don't want to say they're getting it together, but it's they been don't way this. better lately. You know, they don't they had a couple game winners came down the last shot. Yeah, they barely beat the Cavs last night, but you know, they beat the Hawks. That's a good win. They beat the Celtics in Boston. Uh, they've won seven of their last ten their last four in a row. It's not that they're a bad team. Like they're a good on paper. Like De'Aaron Fox is starting to play the best basketball of his career. He's super entertaining, but I just don't know if they can get over the hump. I think it is going to be interesting though. It's kind of going to be a dog fight between those teams that are league watch teams or league league pass teams you know those teams that like are a good watch on league pass but not necessarily very good mm. the pelicans the kings the or do the warriors just free fall without Steph, and then you know john morant and the grizzlies and even i don't think the thunder are going to make a push but they're not that far back either like it's going to be kind of an interesting situation watching that eight through ten fight yeah i'm honestly not really about it for the 82 game season but i mean this season last season of course but uh now when when we get back to normalcy which i predict will be in 2024 i uh don't think 2024 yeah yeah 2023 maybe uh but uh that i don't know i just don't know we're gonna shut together uh anyways i don't think uh the Pelicans should be in the Eastern Conference. I mean, they, they've, they hopefully that will change when the Sonics come back and then maybe when the Vegas Golden Knights become a basketball team as well. You know, they're, they're like Real Madrid, like football and basketball. It'll be like the Vegas Golden Knights. 
<laughs> um, but we the, the Grizzlies in the in the East that just never yeah, made the, sense. The Grizzlies too. The Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Yeah. But I think if you make two teams, yeah. So yeah. So move two and then make two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get the Seattle SuperSonics back in. Yeah, because I mean the NBA just loves to keep talking about. Yeah, they'll come back. They'll come back, but it's not happening yet. I mean, I I thought it'd be back by, you know, by next season or the year after next season. Give it two but years. Now if they come back, they're going to come back probably by two thousand, you know, normal two thousand twenty three, maybe at the earliest. Yeah. Oh, they'll be back. They'll be back for sure. Yeah, but so that was my that was my conspiracies that Kevin Durant will go back there and finish his career there. Oh my gosh. He'll he'll win his rings in Brooklyn. He'll win like four rings in Brooklyn, and they'll go to go to Seattle. Four rings in Brooklyn. That's there a, is no excuse for them not to go to the finals at least this year. Let's let's talk about that. The the it's going to be the Nets and the Lakers in the finals. Everybody knows. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, the latest washed up player to land with the Brooklyn Nets. Why are people so mad? Yeah, why are people so mad? I mean, come on now, it's Lamarcus Aldridge. It's not like it's some amazing player. It's not like it's LaMarcus Aldridge two years ago. It's not, it's, and it's certainly not LaMarcus Aldridge 10 years ago. Poor LaMarcus Aldridge deserves to be on a winner. The guy gets to San Antonio after they kind of come down from that couple finals in 13 and 14. Yeah. Spent all his career in Portland where they went nowhere. So, like, who cares? The dude has a chance to finally win, and it's not like he's, you know, it, it, he's, a, he's a very solid player who's been a very solid player for a long time who just has – you know, finally has his chance to win. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's certainly had a down year. What was that, Hami? He's a David West, the David West of the Nets. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense fit-wise. Like, you're going to be able to have a backup center, a floor spacer. He's not the rebounder he used to be, but, I mean, the Nets don't really – it's like just adding to an embarrassment of riches, right? Like he's clearly not an all-star anymore, but he was a one, two, three, four, five, seven-time all-star. Mm-hmm. So I think it I think it helps them. Him and Blake yeah. Griffin, like it's not gonna hurt you having Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. They're definitely not what they used to be. Lamarcus Aldridge is almost 36 years old. But serviceable backups at the worst. Yeah. Blake Griffin had a nice game. Uh, I think it was yesterday against the Pistons. A little revenge game. Was it the? Was it that, or was it the other night? Was his first game where he dunked in like for the first time in forever, and then everyone was just like, "Oh, he was literally in just Detroit." They just to get play a- the back. They probably played back to back. Okay. Because they were like, "Yeah, he literally just went to Detroit for a paycheck," which I don't blame him. <laughs> no, 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 no. He damn I mean, He was traded. He was traded over there. No, no, I meant, I know, I meant, but he was, he was there for a while, just basically just playing. Yeah, again, playing yeah no, I remember there was a video, someone on the Pistons, you know, this Pistons where Andrew, you know, that, you know, for some reason, I, I know this shit about Pistons Twitter, but, and I sometimes, because they're always talking about, you know, their players and shit like that. And Blake Griffin came up and someone just said, like, he looks so sad, like walking into the morning practice or whatever. <laughs> like he was just walking in, like, didn't even like make eye contact or anything, just like walking straight just like very kind of dead looking. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's another guy who really deserves to make a far shot in the playoffs. And again, I don't know why everyone's, you know, so mad. I get it. You know, the guy have Harden, they have the most unguardable guys in the league. Yeah. But and those and, guys are know, both good passers too. 
And I know that they don't they don't really have much defense. That guy Claxton is going to be good for them. I do but like Nick Claxton. Yeah, he's really good. But yeah, like I mean, like they they're not going to be stopped. You know, I know I know Sixers fans. You know, I think the Sixers could make a pretty good. They could they could kind of threaten them, but it's, I don't think it's enough. Yeah, the Sixers in Bucks, I think, have the personnel to challenge them defensively, but I really don't see it happening. I do think it would be very interesting. Let's say that somehow it winds up being a two versus seven Miami heat versus Brooklyn nets. I think that'd be a hell of a series. Once uh, Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler kind of get to mesh together, that's going to turn into a really good defensive team. You already got bam out of bio and um, the heat have lost six straight. It's not pretty for them right now, but if they wind up, that could be a hell of a first round matchup just because that is a tough matchup for the Brooklyn Nets. Cause you can make a case for when the heat are on, they're arguably the best defensive team in the East, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, but what then I guess my question for you two is what does it say though, that, you know, Brooklyn is obviously able to add all these pieces that they have over the last year or so Philadelphia. It looks like everything in the bubble just comes crumbling apart and that's going to be the end of the process or whatever. They find a way to retool, and they've actually the, the few times I've watched them this year, they look very solid. Probably look better in some ways than I've seen over the last couple of years. They look really like a very good, solid team. And then Milwaukee, who has just basically been the top dogs forever, and now they're just sort of sitting here, almost as if they're just slowly going to start dissolving away. How do they? How do? How do they just let that happen? I mean, on paper, it, like because the Drew Holiday move was a great move for Milwaukee for sure. You know, they lost last night to New York, but Giannis wasn't playing. They're only two and a half games out of first place. Um, I don't really know. I don't have an explanation for the Bucks other than they're, they're the same team they've been for three years, a really good regular season team. I think the difference with the, the uh, I almost said Clippers, with the Sixers is Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Like, Brett yeah. Brown was they a bad like, coach. And they got, like, Seth Curry, too. Was also, yeah. like, he's, he's, like, really good. Like, Seth Curry, like you never heard JJ guy. Redick, you know, yeah. you they couldn't really have needed that shooting guard and uh kind of combo garden. He's been a perfect fit there. And you need a guy like that when um you got a big man inside like Joel Embiid. And then another huge aspect is the way they've used Tobias Harris has really changed. They're letting him uh, do a little bit more ball handling and, uh, playmaking and I think that's helped as well that the Sixers team this is the best they've ever looked in this era you know honestly I think Doc Rivers deserves some serious attention for potential coach of the year especially after it was unfair to I've, I've, I've constantly been like I don't know what to make of Doc right because they fell apart last year in the playoffs they blew a 3-1 year uh, 3-1 lead but the year before they were completely overperforming. They made it to the playoffs and uh, had a hell of a first round series. I can't remember who they were uh, challenging in the first round. But, you know, was it the Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. They just kind of took this ragtag team of role players and made it happen. And uh, Brett Brown, it seemed like they, with the Sixers, they would kind of abandon their identity late in games. It would start looking sloppy. People would just kind of take turns shooting. And it looks a lot more smooth. And uh, when I'm seeing Doc in the huddle, I like how much he's talking about the defense and how that is the reason they're getting their offense. 
And so they're going to be a hell of a challenge for the Nets. That's probably the Eastern Conference Finals, unless it's Bucks Nets. But having Joel Embiid, that's a guy the Nets aren't really going to have an answer for. No, probably not. I mean, I can't think of anyone that sticks out that, you know, if, if you have to, that's that's your go-to if you're Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Simmons will be very interesting for them. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that pair, right, Simmons and Embiid, it's really everyone else. That's going to be like, you know, because, you know, they're, they're going to be focusing in probably on Seth Curry, too, because he, he kind of like he's a guy who's like a momentum kind of guy. But I, my my prediction for the Milwaukee Bucks is that they will be similar to the 2010s Dodgers and Yankees, where they were always the bridesmaid, but never the bride. Oh, ouch, Giannis. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the Dodgers finally got over this, you know, this past season 2020, but. You know, 2010 to 2019, or, you know, the Dodgers even 2008 or whatever. 2008 yeah. to 2019, the Dodgers always just so close, but, you know, always a couple pitches away. Well, guys, uh, we do have some breaking news. It's not really that breaking. We all knew it was going to happen, but Andre Drum is officially a Laker. Well, that just makes that uh, that just makes that interesting because, you know, now in a potential Lakers net series now, as you said, that's the same thing as, Who's going to take Joel Embiid if somehow Brooklyn gets by that? Who's going to deal with Andre Drummond? Or Anthony Davis. Both. I mean, it's like – Or imagine, LeBron James. Anthony Davis comes out. Imagine Anthony Davis comes out, and then it's like, oh, okay, a little bit of a break. And then Andre Drummond comes in. Yeah. That's and not even fair. still have Montrez Harrell. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton of – like, Montrez isn't a great shooter. Obviously, Drummond's not a great shooter. But – and I think that's probably what this is, is wouldn't you imagine while LeBron is out, they want to at least have two guys or well, even Anthony Davis is going to be out for a while. At least now there's a, a somewhat solid inside presence. Yeah. Uh, another solid yeah, inside I presence. I don't know how you can stop LeBron. I know how you can stop Anthony Davis, or not Anthony Davis, but Andre Drummond and LeBron. Hack them. Send them to the free throw line. <laughs> Kill their mental game. That's going to be a hell of a series. Mm-hmm. I, I so, don't like no one's, so no one's in on the Jazz because they're thirty four and eleven now. No, no I'd one's like in. To see it. So you can't be you can't be too good in the season. Is, is, that, is that what we're saying now? We can't. You be know too what? Good? Actually, I take it back. The Lakers aren't a lock for the finals, and the reason being is because of the injuries they're dealing with now. If if they don't, if they're even a little unhealthy, they could be in trouble. They could be in trouble. Like the the Nuggets just got better. The Clippers are still really damn good, and they're playing their best basketball arguably right now. They've won their last five. Uh, the Suns got to figure out how to win in close games. They can't lose to Evan Fournier game winning threes. The Jazz have been there all year, so maybe maybe we're giving the Lakers a little too much credit uh, because they are pretty fragile right now. But Andre Drummond is. He's not gonna have to do much. All he's gonna have to do is rebound and protect the rim. And um, yeah, this is a great situation for him. Either the Brooklyn or the Lakers move would have been a great situation because you know he, you know I I feel like he he kind of has like that. He, he kind of thinks that he's like he's a lot better I think than he is. Oh. And now he's gonna have to defer. And you know like he's gonna have to defer to like those his main stars. So it's okay. a great situation because he's not really like thinking. You know he's not really forced to do much because he's, he's like he's usually the top two or three guys for his team so far who's got him in our fantasy league anyone 
in our league, I, I'm, I'm going to check right now. But uh, I, I, I know I have Vucevic on my team. I drafted him, and he's been top five player all season. He's, he's amazing. I'm pretty good with my Jokic pick. I'll tell you what, though. I don't think he'd be a very good – I don't think he's going to get a ton of I, – I don't know what they're going to do. I Maybe he'll be their starting center. But maybe he won't. Maybe he'll only get 20 minutes a game. I don't understand the, the whole Andre Drummond thing. Like, I, I get that he's not a modern center, but he's not a bad player. He's going to be the best rebounder on the court every time he's on the court. He's a role player, but it seems like he's, he's kind now. of been yeah. blacklisted. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a good situation for him now because he's with the Lakers. He's not like, it's not like he's like on like a mediocre kind of team. Cause if he wasn't that, I mean, he'd just be the more of the same with them. Yeah, you got to remember, he just came out of Detroit and Cleveland. I mean, that's pretty much where careers go to die at this point. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people say Sacramento is bad. And I guess back then, maybe Charlotte Bobcats, that was, you know, it was a dark time, I guess. New Jersey Nets. I mean, they had some good years, but, you know, no one really cares about New well, Jersey. That, yeah. Well, we're getting uh, towards the end of this one here. Um, anyone want to share any March Madness uh, thoughts? Honestly, my bracket is so dead. I, I'm yeah. absolutely destroyed. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm about to go low yours. You guys both talked at the same time there. Sorry, Andrew. Oh, I was about to say, Florida State goes down here. I'm in some bigger trouble than I'm already at. I don't have them winning it, but I had them in the final four in one bracket. So Michigan's probably going to ruin that. I'm surprised Michigan's still having success without uh, Isaiah Livers, I believe his name is, who's been really kind of key for them. They haven't had him for a while now, and they're still blowing teams out and, and, you know, probably on their way to being within one win of the final four. So that's pretty wild and pretty remarkable. Yeah, Michigan's up. 19 right now with 656 left in the second so by the time this episode is published they will have won and then uh i will say that ken palm loved usc and so it'll be interesting to see them against a fully healthy oregon team uh tonight i think alabama will just smoke ucla though i've been waiting for alabama to slip up this could be it because ucla just for whatever reason just does not look like they want to go away. That's wild. They were a playing team too. Yeah. Alabama plays great defense and they're super fast. I think that they, uh, they're, they're an interesting dark horse, but as I've said before, I'm an NBA watcher. I don't know the college game very well. Andrew, that's why we got to have you on more because uh, you do watch a lot of college ball. I do like the college game. I mean, I, I do enjoy the NBA game, but I appreciate the, more so with the college game, the the process of what they what those guys are trying to do is at least and 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 it can be a lot of fun to watch sometimes too. I know you guys guys like Hami Nabas are of the the opinion that they just don't want to sit around and watch guys miss for three hours, three pointers for three hours. Which oh my yeah, gosh, it it gets exhausting I mean, the way that some of the that's still the case in the NBA because people forget like these the best shooters miss like sixty percent of the time. Yeah. But, but like in college, like, I guess it's like it's like seventy percent or like sixty five percent. It's it's pretty up there, but it's uh, it, it's it's I still find the game you know still to be very. Enjoyable. I don't know. It must be an Indiana thing, though, man. I, I think it's an Indiana thing. And uh, not much it's longer. Indiana love college basketball. 
not much longer, especially after that hire today. I just love that. That's that. That's the kind of stuff I like to open my phone and see. Is is Mike Woodson being hired by Indiana? Mike Woodson was a fine NBA coach. He did a good job with the Knicks for a few years. He took over I, for Dan Tony and I, turned that around. Anything anything better than average is is going to make you an all time great Knicks coach. I mean, come on. Oh, wasn't he? The, he was the coach of that uh, Carmelo Anthony team that was really good. Was he? I don't remember if he was or not. I, I remember I, they fired Dan Tony. And then Mike Woodson took over, and then they were solid for a while. Jason Kidd, starting head coach. Starting oh head coach. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, just primarily because I was hoping either – long shot, hoping Porter Moser. Really long shot, hoping the Celtics tank and fire Brad Stevens. <laughs> Dude, Porter Moser, Billy, bro. I was on the Billy wagon like four years ago when he uh, was in the process of – coaching the thunder and i was thought well this this is going to go nowhere because kevin durant just left and you're not going to win a championship with just russell westbrook so why not come to indiana and so that didn't happen but he's coaching the bulls now so i could care I, you know you i won a championship I, with levine and vucevic who did yeah why not yeah, yeah when, billy when donovan it, will we all know it you know it i know it we all know it he's got to win one maybe two you three, know what i'd four. love to see you know what i'd love to see with like uh and i'd love to see this happen to indiana of all states the Indiana coach or maybe Purdue or something, one of those schools, and the Pacers do a coach swap for a night. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. I would actually like to see Matt Painter coach an NBA team. As much as I hate seeing them win, the guy has created a – like, this is easily – this year was easily probably statistically the not best team he's had that that Archie Miller faced in his time at Indiana, and he still couldn't beat that team because it's just – it's a culture thing. Matt Painter has built a very good culture that guys want to be a part of there, and it – it works. And so Indiana just doesn't have that. I mean, it doesn't Archie proved that it does not matter who, you know, how well you can recruit or if you keep the kids from the state in the state, because you've had the state's Mr. Basketball the last two, three years and nothing to show for it. So, I mean, we'll see how Mike Woodson goes. I mean, they did hire Thad Mata to be the associate AD or assistant AD or something like that. So I mean, I know they, they it sounded like they were interested in hiring him as the coach, but then a health issue got in the way of that. But the fact that they still went out and cr- basically found another position for him shows just how how committed they were to having that. So I think that could at least maybe work in that aspect. But it's just like, I don't know. If it wasn't – the only old coach I wanted was John Beeline because the guy was a for-sure thing. I mean, he's, he's proven time and again, I mean, that – he can go out and coach winners and yeah. develop kids. And I thought that John Beeline would be the obvious choice. If you're going to go with an older coach, maybe DePaul can go John Beeline. If you know what, I wouldn't object to that. I would not object to that at all, but I don't think he'd be willing to take that. That'd be just a, a headache and a half that he doesn't want to deal with it. 67, 68 years of age. Yeah. One can dream. One can dream. One just can as dream. one can dream. Maybe Mike Woodson works out and, and, and all is right with the world. He did. It, I will say the last of this. It's funny that they have shied away from hiring somebody who used to play for Bob Knight, and he's the first person they hire as their coach after in the time that has passed since he coached Indiana. Was he's the first player they picked that was a Bob Knight player? Enough time has passed now, so no Isaiah Thomas, not yeah. anybody like Mike. Um, I think it's a sexy hire. Let's uh, let's wrap it up here. We got four NBA game or three NBA games. One already happened. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, those games might be over, and so you can see how right or wrong we were. Uh, let's go make some predictions, Hami. I'm starting with you. We got Portland 
against Toronto. Uh, that game's in Toronto. I got the Blazers by six. Ooh, Blazers by six. Okay. I like that. Uh, I believe the line was one and a half. Uh, Toronto getting one and a half. Mm. Uh, what, what about you, Andrew? The funny thing was, uh, we were talking a little bit about some some bets beforehand, and I placed one the other day, and, and the reason I won so big was because I took Portland minus one and a half against Miami, and I was waiting to see what happened at the trade deadline and completely forgot that those guys couldn't play that night, so it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> but as soon, Jimmy, as soon as Jimmy Butler was out, I was just so relieved that I placed my bet before he was ruled out because yeah. the line easily would have I took Portland minus one and a half. They ended up winning by three, so I could have took another point. But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think Hami's right. I mean, the Raptors are obviously struggling right now, and Portland, it, it, it's been a shaky couple of games for them, but this is probably a good chance, so they should win this one maybe even around the five, six-point range. They're kind of figuring out. They're still, like, reincorporating McCollum, and he's looked okay, and then he's looked not so okay. They've won a couple games in a row. Nurkic is healthy now, but I think that also is uh, something they're going to have to adjust to. I'm also going Portland. I think uh, they win this one by four. Uh, mm. NBA TV has a great one tonight. The Atlanta Hawks visiting Aaron Gordon and the Denver Nuggets. I think this one could go either way. I think it could be pretty high scoring. Um, but I do think that Denver is a better two-way team. So I'll start on this one. I think Denver wins this one by three, maybe like 118, 115. I think it's going to be a, a shootout. I got Denver winning this game. Uh, I'll go 122 to 98. Fuck the oh, Hawks. a blowout. Hmm. Yeah, fucking lineup. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be, I'll find a middle ground in this. Let's say 117, 105 Denver. They kind of pull away in the last few minutes of this game. It'll be close for a while, but you know, as we saw, I mean, they, they, they do know how to play well at home. So they'll find a way I think to, to pull away there. Yeah. Well, it's going to, they're going to be figuring out their chemistry, uh, implementing Aaron Gordon in as well. So I don't expect it to be super game? smooth. Yeah. This will be his first game. I don't think okay. it'll be super smooth for the nuggets tonight, but I do think that they'll, uh, in Jokic, hey, it doesn't matter if it's the fourth quarter, final four minutes. You know who's getting the ball, number fifteen. He's a beast in the last couple minutes. Jokic, yeah. he's incredible. Oh my god, Jokic I can't will take him, over man. in the fourth quarter. He keeps impressing me. MVP, like, MVP. You know, it's like it's so routine for him. And then uh, the final game of the night, Andrew. I'll let you start this one off. Uh, the Orlando Magic, who uh, have now Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy. Um, Michael Carter Williams and Mo Bamba as their starting five. Dude, they uh, got the whole ESPN crew on their it, team, bro. That's it, that's a big bench. Who even yeah. is like their depth? Like, who is their projected starting five? I'm pulling up their depth chart right now because they just traded away everyone. Okay, it's Wendell Carter Jr., Shuma Okiki, uh, Otto Porter Jr., Terrence Ross is hurt, so Dwayne Bacon. And then Michael Carter, Porter Jr. I'm sorry, Michael Carter Williams is backed up by R.J. Hampton and Jason Randall. This is a JV squad. The the Lakers, their best players are hurt, but I think they'll still win by 15. Ooh, that's a tough one because the thing was, I think it was the other day when they traded everybody. Didn't they give Phoenix just fits on the day that they just gave everybody away, and that game went down to the wire, if I'm not mistaken? That might have been Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was. They beat yeah, it was one Phoenix they beat the day before with Fournier. 
Yeah. The, uh, so, that, that was uh, Vucevic's last game. Yeah. The Magic. And Fournier hit game. that three, who's now a Celtic. Hmm. Well, then it must have been the next game. Oh, yeah. Gave Portland all kinds of fits. And Portland ended up winning that 112-105. I think the line is six and a half. I'm, I'm just going to go wild here, and I'm going to look foolish when it's all said and done. We're going to take the Orlando Magic plus six and a half. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I, love, yeah, I, I feel bad for that franchise because they've kind of been uh, just in this abyss since Dwight Howard left. And like Vucevic has been their guy since Dwight Howard left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now they're moving on. And I, I, Magic fans, from what I've seen, are pretty relieved because like they're finally made a direction, finally made a decision where they want to go. Yeah, and they're just gonna try to go Fade for Cade. It it was yeah, they uh they were like a team that was just barely gonna maybe make the playoffs every other year, and that's no no way to live. So good yeah. riddance. Orlando Magic. Well anyway, yeah, I got that Lakers by ten, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Lakers by ten. Uh, I think that uh, it should be an interesting night of basketball. Uh, game of the night game, for me. That game actually might be amazing. Who knows? That Lakers match game that could actually be really fun. Yeah. Because the Lakers have nobody, and the Magic have nobody, so that could that could be really fun. Well, I got the parlay going tonight, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, all, the Suns already won for me against uh, who? Who'd they play? I can't remember the Hornets. I want to say, yeah, they beat the Hornets 101 97. So the rest of the three legs, uh, Portland, Denver, Los Angeles, and a uh, little life hack folks. If you're looking to, you know, place your bets, we, we usually got them, but you'll just have to listen right when the episodes come out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, is a, is always a shout out to Evan Buttress, a graphic designer. Thank you for doing your work, my friend. And uh, if you want to get some graphic design work, he's on Instagram. You can message him, the Wax Cowboy. Uh, Andrew Garcia, Radio DePaul Sports Legend. Did they put you in the hall yet? They did. I was I was one of the last, from what I was told, I was one of the last few, or we were the last group, me and Brendo and everybody. Oh, that's right. I like did your induction <laughs> video. Get individual spots on the plaque. So we were the last one with individual plaques. Amazing. Well earned. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on a lot more, man. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Hami, any final thoughts? Nothing really. I'm just about to go throw out this bag of Wendy's. And then uh, this episode brought to you by Wendy's. Uh, Six piece chicken nuggets. And uh, yeah, I'm about to, and this episode is also brought to you by Osco Pharmacy. So I'm about to stop in. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, you guys have a good one. Peace out. <laughs>